The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, got to see plenty of family, enjoyed a nice Thanksgiving dinner. Hope you all uh, survived your Black Friday shopping experience as well. If you're if you're like me, you uh, you avoided the mall. Uh, that's uh, that's not my thing. I I try to stay out of those crowds. I don't know about you folks, but uh, if going out into those Black Friday crowds is is your thing then uh you know good for you but uh, but it's not my kind of thing uh as we uh let's let's talk about your New York Giants here anyway Giants fans as we look ahead to Sunday's game at MetLife Stadium against the Green Bay Packers thought I would do something a little bit different here for you uh this weekend this is kind of a a special edition of the podcast we don't usually come to you on a weekend, but uh, had a few things in the Big Blue View mailbag this week that I thought were uh, were interesting things, but I thought were sort of longer answers or would require longer answers. So I felt like rather than put them in the Big Blue View mailbag that's posted on the website every Saturday, I thought I would address a couple of those things here on the podcast, perhaps uh get a chance to uh, to get in depth into a couple of these answers. What I'm going to do here, uh, a couple of the emails that I got, I'm going to give you the questions. Then I'll give you, obviously, give you my thoughts on those questions. These A uh, couple of these are, to be honest, long-winded questions. So I'm not going to read the entire questions. What I'm going to do is pretty much summarize what the uh, what the questions are about? Maybe use some of the uh, the particular phrasing from some of those questions, and uh, and we'll go into uh, my thoughts on on some of the answers here 
as your New York Giants move forward with the rest of the 2019 season and look into uh, another offseason of building, rebuilding, you know, trying to get this franchise headed back in the right direction. So let's get to the first question, and this comes from Nat Williams. Nat asks, wants to know basically about the Giants' ability to attract both coaching and player talent due to their leadership's past behavior. And obviously what Nat is referring to here first and foremost is Dave Gettleman's reputation as a guy who's kind of uh, in uh, in Nat's words a very opinionated old school front office man who seems crotchety, set in his ways and adverse to adopting to new roster building methods employed by some of the teams around the league. So let's talk first about Gettleman. You know, Nat, I get the uh, the impression that Gettleman can make on some people. His bedside manner is not always the best. He has had, you know, some run-ins, including with a couple of, uh, of big-name former Giants. You know, Odell Beckham wasn't thrilled about his exit from New York. Landon Collins wasn't thrilled about his exit from New York. And I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know how I feel about about those kinds of things. You know, when you've when you've made the determination to move on from a player, what exactly do you owe that player? Do you owe that player an explanation? Do you owe that player you know, a, a conversation. Gettleman has has been open about the fact that when it comes to to Eli Manning, that that situation, you know, if and when Eli moves on, which is probably going to happen at the end of this year, you know, that, that if the Giants make the decision to move on from Eli, that the Giants owe him, you know, the they have to handle that situation properly. Eli may take them off the hook by simply retiring, but uh, you know that's that's to be determined. But I I get the fact that you know some players have been upset with Gettleman over the years. the The way that I've always looked at it is: look, these are highly paid guys; these are big time players; these are guys who have always been told how good they are how wonderful they are. They've always, you know, been sort of catered to. It's not often that some of these guys are told, hey, they're told we don't want you or, you know, or we're moving on without you or we'll be better off without you. So these guys don't take that very well. And, you know, there perhaps it is true that at times Gettleman could have handled some of those situations better. I'm not, you know, 100% familiar with all of the the issues in Carolina. I do I do know that a variety of players were upset with him, took shots at him when they left Carolina, took more shots at him when he became the Giants GM. But then there were players like uh like Jonathan Stewart who came to the Giants from Carolina. David Mayo came to the Giants from Carolina. Other players have have come to the Giants who have had experience with Gettleman in the past. So it's not like it's a it's a, a blanket thing where no one who has had exposure to Gettleman, 
you know, wants to uh, wants to ever have that exposure again. It is probably a reality that some players don't like certain situations. I did hear word, you know, last offseason that maybe there was one particular player the Giants might have liked who didn't want to come to New York. And maybe some past experience with Dave Gettleman had something to do with that. But, you know, but then, you know, a guy like Mike Remmers, who's had experience with Gettleman and Pat Shermer, came to the Giants. So I think that's a player by player thing. I don't know, you know, that it's that big of a thing, to be honest. I think every player has reasons for why he would like to go to one to one city or one team and not go to another one. Um, so per, you know, perhaps, perhaps there's something to that with some players. I don't think that, that you can make a blanket statement that all top tier players or all top tier coaches would avoid a situation simply because of Dave Gettleman. I think that when it comes to, to players, money talks, opportunity talks, you, you put a, a contract in front of a player that he likes, he's going to take it. You put an opportunity in front of a player that he that he can see that he likes, he's going to grab it. You know, Nate Solder took the Giants money. Um, other guys have taken that money. So it's not, uh, to me, it's, it's not something where it's impossible to bring in players. I think that, it, like I said, it's a player-by-player player thing. When it comes to to coaches and, and Dave Gettleman, that's all about relationships. Dave has relationships with guys, you know, built over over thirty or more years in the NFL. And again, I think the Giants' job is one that is really highly regarded. The franchise, despite the recent struggles, is highly regarded. You know, one of the things, uh, you know, Nat here mentions, you know, John Mara being a guy who, who, in his words, clearly meddles in roster decisions. And and I don't see that as being the case. I don't think, you know, you, we can talk about the handling of, of, the, uh, of the Eli Manning benching, you know, a couple of years ago. But John Mara is not a guy who, you know, who is a Jerry Jones type, who isn't, you know, an Al Davis type owner who fancies himself as, you know, as the coach, as the decision maker, as the the pure or premier talent evaluator. He's not a guy who's going to dictate who plays, how things are run, you know, how practices are run. So I'm not buying that that any any coaching candidate would stay away from the Giants simply because of John Mara or Steve Tisch or the fact that the Giants have had a tough stretch in recent years. So, you know, so I, I just don't see that. I think the Giants are still a premier job. It is the New York, New Jersey area. It is a place where, you know, where you get a lot of scrutiny, you get a lot of, of media attention, but it remains a great place to win and an attractive opportunity, you know, for just about anyone, you know, who who might be looking for a coaching job. So I just don't see, 
in the end, I don't see this whole, you know, Gettleman Mara thing as being a negative for the Giants in terms of attracting talent either as coaches or as uh or as players. You know, Nat here also mentions that, you know, that perhaps Gettleman or Gettleman's reputation was a reason why the Giants ended up with Pat Shermer. The Giants ended up with Pat Shermer because of what they were seeking in a head coach after Ben McAdoo. They were seeking someone who had been around the game for a long time. They were seeking someone who had done this before. If you go back and you read some of the uh, some of the things about the Giants' coaching search at that time, John Mara was interested in someone who not only had done this before, but who had something to prove. He wanted players and coaches who had something to prove. And Pat Shermer was a guy who who wasn't successful in his first opportunity in Cleveland, and obviously you know, had something to prove coming to New York, which was that he could be a successful NFL head coach. We know that he's still trying to prove that. We don't know if he's ever going to be able to prove it. But, you know, the Giants also looked at, uh, they, they spoke with Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia made the decision to go to the Detroit Lions. And that was about a relationship that Matt Patricia had with with. Detroit general manager Bob Quinn from their days together in New England. Matt Patricia chose the situation that he felt was best for him. Josh McDaniels was a guy who people thought was on the list and and, and the Giants may have talked to McDaniels, but we know that what McDaniels eventually did, you know, jilting the Indianapolis Colts, he's proven over and over that he really doesn't want to leave New England. So in the end, Pat Shermer had the qualifications for what the Giants were looking for at the time. And you could see why he was, you know, what Gettleman referred to as an adult. He had experience. He had done the job before. He had the even sort of temperament that the Giants wanted. You know, the one thing that hasn't happened yet under Pat Shermer is that the Giants haven't turned the corner and begun to win. What happens at the end of this year? We still don't know, but we know that the clock is ticking on Shermer and that eventually he'll have to win or he'll lose he'll lose that job and we'll see where that goes. All right, let's uh let's take a quick break here, Giants fans. And then uh after that long-winded answer to a really long question from Nat Williams, I will get to uh to another question for you. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. And we're going through some of your questions this week. It's a Valentine's Views mailbag edition of your podcast here. Hope as a uh, as a compliment to this weekend's Big Blue View mailbag, which is on the website. And this next question comes from Michael Daniels. And it's another sort of long-winded question. And uh, But Michael's question comes down to him basically saying that he can understand keeping Dave Gettleman as GM, but that he really can't understand how the Giants could justify keeping Pat Shermer and the rest of the coaching staff after a second straight losing season. And listen, Michael, in answer to to that question, I absolutely get the frustration of, of Giants fans. And absolutely at this point in time, you have to think there's a question as to whether Pat Shermer will be back as head coach in 2020. We've acknowledged that on the website. I think he knows it. I think he knows that he has to win some football games here down the stretch in the remaining five games to, to have an opportunity to come back as Giants head coach. But I need to go back to, well, actually, let's go all the way back to last year. The one and seven start wasn't good. The Giants did, however, rally, you know, for four and four record in the second half of the season. They did show some progress. They did show signs of moving forward, you know, with uh, with Shermer in the second half of the season. Now let's you know let's fast forward to this season. We begin the season at zero and two with Eli Manning at quarterback, and when we look back at it, those two losses were to the Dallas Cowboys, who let's be honest, they're not a great football team at six and six right now, but they are a better football team than the New York Giants. The second loss was to the Buffalo Bills. I don't think anyone in week two of the season really looked at the Bills as a really, really good football team. But your Buffalo Bills right now sit at 9-3. and three. The Bills are a good football team. So both of those teams were better than the New York Giants. Would have been huge upsets for the Giants to win either of those games, and they didn't do that. At that point in time, the Giants made the decision to move on from Eli Manning and put Daniel Jones in the lineup. I have always been an Eli Manning supporter, but at the time I said that was the right decision to make. 0-2 football teams make the playoffs roughly 12% of the time. This New York Giants team wasn't going to make the playoffs. I've said over and over and over, going back to the summer, going back to the spring, it wasn't going to make sense for Eli Manning to play and Daniel Jones to sit if the Giants were not going to get 
we're not going to be a playoff team or we're not going to be contending for a playoff spot down the stretch of the season. So I supported the move to Daniel Jones. The other thing that I said at the time was, yes, it started the clock on Pat Shermer because this Daniel Jones is his quarterback. It's the guy that he and Dave Gettleman selected as the heir to Eli Manning. So that really starts their clock because they now have their guy in place. But the other thing that I said, and I will stand by, is that I also wrote at the time that it really made the overall one-loss record in 2019 irrelevant. Now, that doesn't mean I expected the Giants to go 2-14, and 14, that 2-14 and 14 would be acceptable or 3-13 and 13 would be acceptable or what anyone you know might have expected at that point in time. But you're acknowledging at that point, you know, despite the fact that the Giants won two games after Jones took over, you're sort of acknowledging at that point, whether you want to use the word or not, that you're in a rebuild, that you're starting over. You're you're using young players. The Giants have used rookies for far more snaps than any other team in the league. They have a number of second-year players also contributing. You know, Lorenzo Carter, B.J. Hill, Saquon Barkley, Will Hernandez, tons of second-year players, you know, playing significant snaps. They have a lot of rookies playing significant snaps. So really what this year is about is development. It's about progress. It's being able to come out of the season feeling good about the future of the franchise feeling like the young players are pointed in the right direction. The problem is, I'm not sure you can say that in all cases with a lot of these young players. The question is, are they developing? Are they being coached well? Are they being taught well? It's not necessarily about the number of football games that the Giants win. It really has to be about whether or not you know, the Giants feel like this coaching staff headed by Pat Shermer is handling all of this young talent well, is pushing this young talent forward. And for me, really, that's what the decision's going to be based on. It's not going to be based on the number of games won or lost. That obviously will play something, will play into it, especially in the minds of ownership. But really, this decision is about whether or not the Giants believe Pat Shermer remains the right guy to coach this young football team. That's what will determine whether they decide to keep him for another year or not. It's not necessarily the one-loss record. So, And we'll see what happens. I think I've said a number of times, I still believe... The Giants want Pat Shermer to succeed as their head coach. They want Pat Shermer to be the head coach in 2020. They don't want to go through a third coaching change in five years. They would like some stability for their young quarterback, for their young core. 
you know, they don't want to have to start from scratch again. Uh, but right now, I think it's a it's a debatable question as to whether or not they they think Shermer's going to be the right guy. I think we'll know in about a month and a half. But uh, but right now, like I said, I don't think it comes down to the ultimate one loss record. I think it comes down to whether or not the organization feels like the young talent on this roster is making progress and whether or not Pat Shermer will eventually be able to maximize the abilities of of the talent uh, that he has and the the talent that uh, they will hopefully continue to acquire. All right, our final question is one that comes from Geno Phillips, and it regards edge defender Lorenzo Carter. And Gino basically wants to know, he says, Carter has yet to emerge as an outside pass rushing threat. What is your opinion as to whether or not Carter could handle being a side sideline to sideline inside linebacker? Gino, you know, Lorenzo Carter is a bit of a mystery. He's a guy that even in college at Georgia, tremendous athleticism, tremendous measurables, you know, a scout might say that he looks good on the hoof. You know, he's a guy who looks like he has everything. He looks like a guy has all of that ability, looks like a player, grades like a player who should dominate, and yet hasn't quite reached that level. You know, he's a good player. He can do a lot of things. Occasionally, he flashes a pass rusher. Occasionally, you'll see him, you know, fly from the weak side and chase down a play from behind. Sometimes you'll see him, you know, really hold the edge really well. Sometimes you'll see him tackle in space or get out in pass coverage and run with a running back or or run, you know, down the field with a tight end. You see him do a variety of things. What you haven't seen from Lorenzo Carter is the one thing the Giants were really, really hoping would happen this year. They were hoping he would take that step forward and become their dominant number one edge rusher you know, and, and really team with Marcus Golden to give them a dynamic duo you know, on the outside, sort of like what, we're, what the Giants are going to be facing on Sunday in Zadarius and Preston Smith, both guys who have double-digit sacks entering, you know, this week 13 game. So that hasn't happened for Lorenzo Carter. But, you know, back to the question, can Lorenzo Carter play inside? Now, I asked a, uh, a scout who I know for an opinion on that, and the answer was no. The answer was no, not because of physical skill, not because of size, not because of strength, not because of of the fact that maybe he doesn't have the physical characteristics to play inside, you know, as a as a as an inside linebacker. The 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 reality of it was, you know, inside linebacker generally, you know, requires guys who are able to line teammates up requires some instincts it requires some real ability to communicate with teammates call signals do things like that um 
And, and the opinion that I got was that that really is not something that suits Lorenzo Carter's game. Lorenzo Carter wants to be a guy who just reads and reacts at the snap of the ball. The The opinion that I got was Lorenzo Carter might be better served in a role sort of like the uh, the New England Patriots use Jamie Collins, where they move him around the formation a little bit, where sometimes he's outside, sometimes he's down, sometimes he's standing up over the center, sometimes his responsibility is to drop, sometimes it's to rush, where he's used in a variety of ways. And maybe that is correct. The problem that you have with your New York Giants is that in in many cases, you have a very inexperienced defense. You have a group of guys who might not be able to, uh, at this point in their careers, who might not be able to handle, you know, having one guy who basically doesn't have a specific assignment on a given play, who might not be able to read and react to what a, a rover-type player you know, might might do on a given play to a guy who's who's given the opportunity to uh, to move around. So it might be a situation where that inexperience that the Giants have in a lot of places, you know, handicaps their ability to uh, to to go that deep into a playbook to where they can move a guy around quite that much. So, you know, I I would like to talk to some other folks about Lorenzo Carter. It's interesting the suggestion that I've seen from some folks in other places really isn't inside linebacker. The suggestion that I've seen from some is to is to let Carter bulk up a little bit more um, and to allow him to play a rush defensive end type of position, you know, more of a 4-3 rush defensive end, more of an OCU Minora type uh, type spot you know, in, in that way, but, uh, we'll see, but I just, I don't see Lorenzo Carter, you know, as, as a full-fledged inside linebacker. I never really have. I think his physical skill set, his physical abilities suit are, are suited to the outside. I just don't think that, uh, that he has fully tapped into everything he's capable of being yet now is that on the Giants coaching staff is that on him is that just what he is I mean some guys you know some guys you look at and they don't have the greatest athleticism in the world and they they play like uh, they they actually their performance exceeds their measurables other guys their performance doesn't always add up to their measurables. And, and to this point in his career, that has been Lorenzo Carter. The frustrating thing with Carter is that you see flashes because of that athleticism and, and you want more. And, you know, he still is a young player, so he still has room to grow. You know, as we said, the frustrating thing is that he just hasn't gotten there yet. And we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll have to see where that goes. We'll have to see if his development can continue. We'll have to see how the Giants use him going forward. You know, but the the opinion that I've gotten to to this point is that is that inside linebacker would not really be the the best use, the best way to uh, to play Lorenzo Carter on, on a regular basis. 
All right, Giants fans, I hope you have enjoyed this uh, little bit of a different Valentine's Views podcast here. Opportunity to uh, to just go through some questions that folks might have about uh, about various Giants. Please, folks, uh, if you have questions about the Giants, if you would like to uh, to have me answer them in the Big Blue View mailbag, email them to bigblueview at gmail.com. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check out all of our coverage of this weekend's Giants-Packers game at BigBlueView.com. Remember to uh, join the community if you haven't done that already so that you can participate in conversations with other Giants fans. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.